Um, I, I guess like what do curfew do? It depends on how curfew done. Mmm, I like that. I like that. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Debatable with our hosts Nina and Kyle. I'm Kyle. I'm Nina and for today we're going to talk about current events. Because recently, the Philippine government once again placed the country on a curfew. So there are also liquor bans, there are also a lot of travel bans once again. Basically we're back where we started since last year. Nothing really has changed Except the number of cases we've been getting in a day. Yeah, so apparently, those we just had the anniversary for like the very first day that we, we announced the lockdown. And like a year into it, we've had a surge of new cases. Right now, I think we have 4,000 new cases per day. Um, I was told by one of my professors that actually, he, he does work in the insurance industry. He told us that at this rate, we're going to reach or even surpass like 8,000 new cases a day. So that's the reason why there were new curfews um, that, w- that were imposed recently. So it just restarted the debate about what do curfews do? Like, what do they do? What they do? Is it Does it mean like COVID does not exist after midnight or something or after like 10 p.m.? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I find it personally strange, like on my end at least, or from my understanding of it, it is a method of keeping people indoors. But it only works at night where people are not out on the streets anymore, or at least are not out as much as they would have been in the mornings. So I don't think personally it is super effective. Though I do understand where the government may be coming from to certain extents. Like people are pasaway at times, as they would call them, by going out at night and drinking with friends and partying. But I don't see why they won't just move those to be afternoon sessions of drinking or afternoon sessions of partying. You get what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, 100%. I get what you're saying. I lived that life. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to ask me about the logistics of afternoon drinking. Uh-huh. There was one time, like, just after class, like, we ended class early. It was like 10 a.m. We straight up went to the bar right after that. And we were just like, oh, so this is what this place looks like in the day. <laughs> and then we had a class like a few hours later. And then someone was wrecked. Like I, I've heard stories about people actually going to class and they were too wrecked. So they had to sleep under the tables and stuff so that they could hide from professors. But anyway, like the logic here is kind of weird. It's saying that as the night progresses, people do like riskier and riskier things. Um, so you were perfectly correct when you were talking about, you know, partying and drinking. But that only assumes that people do it because it's the nighttime, because it's late. And I don't necessarily get that. Like, there are, like I said, a lot of people who are perfectly happy to do the same things while it's still in the morning. And yet, the Philippines is not alone in this. Like, this is also what you see in many um, states in America. 
Like New York did it, Massachusetts did it. But again, you find this problem of correlation and causation because it looks like governments are looking at certain behaviors being correlated with how late it is at night, but they do not have a good case for whether or not those behaviors are caused by the fact that it's night. Or is it because it's just the most convenient time to do certain things? Well, I think that there is a correlation to some extent. Because during the night, that's when everyone starts commuting and going home. But the issue there is, by setting a curfew, you don't really stop that tendency from happening. People will still crowd the jeepney areas. They will still crowd the LRT areas or MRT areas because they need to get home. So all you're doing actually is compressing the time that people have to get to their houses. So if I'm the type, for example, that commutes at 10 p.m. because I feel like there's less people at 10 p.m. and I waited it out somewhere in like an empty coffee shop or something, I'll now be forced to go home at 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. where everyone is also trying to do the same thing. So on one hand, I get it. to some extent, that they're trying to prevent people from going out at night. But I personally think that it could be counterproductive to some extent and maybe harmful to the very same people they're trying to protect. I was actually thinking that if ever there was a case for causation, like um, risky behavior being caused by the fact that it's night, it probably would have something to do with making out like momol times mm. because like as as you know <laughs> people momol more often when people are not awake um and i think everyone knows this like which is why if you go to like your twitter alters or just like twitter in general you see more thirst trap posts when it's late at night and the caption most likely reads tulog na kasi yung chiki things or something like that like when the kids are asleep that's mm-hmm. when People get hornier, so maybe that's what um, governments are trying to like prevent. People like governments are trying to prevent horny people from just like making out. Um, but if the again, if those people are just really that, you know, Randy, I think that they'll be Randy round the clock. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it discriminates. I don't think it's it goes like oh, it's 10 p.m. It's time to you know do some PG 18 mm, PG 18. That doesn't R-18. make sense. Some R18. Uh-huh. That's so weird. Like if if you say PG18, that means that hypothetically you could do that while your parents are 18, watching. As long as your parents <laughs> are watching. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So sorry, R18. Um, but I I am reading right now an article from Healthline.com, and apparently it's fact checked, and it said that curfews typically require people to stay home. in the late night and early morning hours. And when people tend to participate in non-essential social gatherings that often result in less compliance with social distancing guidelines and mask mandates. Um, Basically, the argument for a curfew is that when the curfew isn't applicable, like before 10 p.m., you can still do your normal activities. Um, But after that, you still reduce the unnecessary interaction with people. But like, as you said... It just makes people concentrate, like, it just makes people more concentrated in certain areas. For example, like, 
um, you mentioned that a lot of people just wait out traffic um, at the coffee shop. And that's super funny to me because I remember when we were working together for St. Paul um, and sometimes I go to, to work on my own and you weren't there um, because I was handling class for that day. 100% of the time, I can't get a ride home mm-hmm. like really quickly. I have to line up for like a solid hour. So what I usually do is I just wait out not only the traffic, but also the lines. So right now, I don't think a lot of people have that opportunity to make those choices. And thus, you will tend to see more concentration in certain areas at certain points of the day, which might be counterintuitive. Um, But there's also an issue of validity of curfews. Like, never mind the effectivity there's some questions about whether or not it's valid or constitutional. I have read the hot take this morning, actually, that says like any single um, curfew that's done on a local level, on an LGU, is unconstitutional because in order to restrict what is essentially a right that is protected under the Constitution, our Bill of Rights, which is the freedom of mobility, that can only be restricted through a national law instead of like a simple ordinance. So I think that there's another problem here because it is possible that one LGU or local government unit might have a curfew, but other nearby LGUs might have a different curfew or no curfew at all. So that might be something that's more difficult here. And I think that a lot of people object to the idea of curfews, not just because they think it's ineffective, but also because it's inconsistent. Like it's not universal across the board. Like there are different curfew ordinances per place. Yeah, I I can imagine how that's confusing because, for example, you're fine to commute in this city at one time, but you have to cross another city to get home but it's already curfew there, does it mean you get stuck there? Like, how does that work? Do you never go home? Do you wait until the next morning? I think that really the only people being harmed here are the very same people that the government is trying to protect. Though I did hear another hot take, or at least I read another hot take on Twitter, that the reason why curfews are back, and once again, this is just speculation. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. Don't come at me with those lawsuits. But... There were rumors that this is just another campaign ploy, that politicians want to look like they are doing something once again because elections are nearing. And the best way to do that is to pass random ordinances, particularly about COVID-19, so that they seem like they are working towards a cure when really, in my opinion, these curfews are just there to buy time. Yeah, but at the same time, I think that, you know, just like PR, like even bad press is still press. You know, what's a even negative publicity is still pu- publicity. It's free yeah. publicity. And there have been studies where um, reported cases of COVID 19 actually increase um, whenever interest in COVID 19 decreases. So I think that. What actually happened was like 
it has been a year. So people were like, I think we should probably have the right to go out already at this point in time. Like we should probably start transitioning back to regular daily routines. And I'm not going to say that people forgot about it. I am going to say though that people over time have become less interested or less scared of COVID-19 because, you know, as time passes, people kind of... They forget. Or... Yeah, I was going to say forget, but I would also say underestimate. Mm. They underestimate COVID-19 now. Um, so we have seen that there are more cases um, when interest in um, COVID-19 drops. So maybe... Even supposing that politicians are just doing this to be relevant again, maybe that's good. Like it creates a net good. You could say that there's a trade-off <laughs> here because you could you could say that like politicians are doing this for completely cynical reasons. You could say that. I'm not personally saying that, you know, for legal reasons, but you could say that. But on the other hand, you could also say that, well, at least this is free publicity for COVID-19 and the fact that it is still dangerous. You should still stay at home. Because what did happen, like we do have curfews and we say curfews aren't really effective for such a dangerous virus. You would remember that COVID-19 is actually pretty dangerous. So it might be a silver lining to the issue. Um, we have to be fair here because like, as much as I don't like the way the government is handling things, there might be some inadvertent benefits to the way that they're handling things as well. Well, you could say that, but I'd say that they're pretty marginal because I think curfews are only truly effective if they're coupled with other policies that make sense. But as you mentioned, they're only city ordinances or only happen in local government levels. So it's not universal in their benefits. So can you even say that the benefit is true when you can easily counter the the argument that you provided by saying, well, it might be serious in this area, but it's not serious in another. So I'm more likely to incline that, to believe that it's not serious at all. I feel like that's also possible harm of having curfews implemented in the manner that they are implemented right now. So I'm not saying curfews are overall bad. I do think there is some merit to it. Like it does keep people at home to some extent. But the way we are doing it does not make sense because we are not working on other policies to help it out. If maybe people had curfews and then on the side we were actually rolling out vaccines effectively, it would provide the net good that we are looking for. Or if people, for example, were actually... I, I don't know, making better sanitation rules, then there wouldn't even need to be a curfew because people could just go about their day normally knowing that their trains are properly sanitized. Have you seen that video on Twitter that was going around where there was like a speed run of cleaning the train and it was so horribly done? Have you seen that one? No. What did that look like? So basically, like, the cleaners... So every time after people get off a station, uh, a bunch of cleaners go around. Supposedly, they have to spray and wipe every surface that people usually touch. But it was just like touch-go. 
people would just, or at least the cleaners would just have a rag with them and then just quickly wipe while running so that they would be more efficient at it. So people were poking jokes at it and basically making edits of that short clip to showcase how ridiculous it was. Because basically it was ridiculous. And I guess I would like to probably attach that clip to the the tweet that we are going to make about this video. Because I really think it's funny and encompasses the incompetence of the policies that we're implementing. Because our policies are good in in essence, I'd say. Like, they're good on paper. A lot of our policies are good on paper. But they just don't make sense in practice because they're not doing it well. Yeah. And I think that, you know, even assuming that there could be a benefit for curfews, if we assume that, then there is no excuse for the government to not have like an actual plan for like a nationwide curfew or something. And I know that that might be, you know, siding a little bit too much to the government because a lot of people do actually think that, you know, it's unconstitutional and it's a bad way to interfere with people's rights. But let's assume for a bit that it is constitutional, it is valid, it is effective. If it was so good... Why are you doing this so half-assed? Like, why are why is the approach so half-assed to begin with? And that's actually the most um, telling thing for me is like it just means that they still don't know what they're doing. Um, there are definitely some parts of a curfew that are more debatable than others, but I don't think what's up for the, for debate here is that there should be like a more uniform or universal um, guideline or like a plan of action and that we simply are not getting that. Mm-hmm. Like the, the most recent news that I, I heard was that um, there are now more kinds of curfews. There are some like outright bans. Um, so this one that I'm reading right now, Rappler just tweeted it, where minors who are age 17 and below are banned from going outside for two weeks. And I'm just like, we have already tried doing this before, um, like a long time ago with Spark versus Quezon City where you wanted minors to stay indoors. So there there was a curfew for that and it wasn't, um, it wasn't really upheld. Um, but again, this ban, even assuming that it was constitutional, even assuming that it was valid it was only it only covered 17 local government units in ncr alone so at best you have these practices that we assume are good but they're not replicated by other lgus because there's no like directive from the national government so th- that's the problem here i think because for this entire year whenever there is like a problem with you know distributing relief goods or whatever people always tend to blame local government units when like it should have been the national government calling the shot so i think that there's so much burden that's now being placed on local governments um to deal with issues that they're just not equipped for and congress keeps giving the national government so many new powers but 
even assuming that those powers are good, we we talked about this already in previous episodes mm-hmm. um, that are pretty dangerous in my opinion for us. Um, I still think that the best version of like those powers, like the best exercises of those powers, they're not being done. So I'm just like, what was the justification for any of that? What's the justification for any of this silence that we're hearing right now? Because Duterte is on the record now saying that, well, it's not that bad. We've gone through worse. You could just hang in there, guys. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing, but the basic gist of it was that this isn't that bad. We, we've gone through worse. And I'm just like, that's so easy for a person in power to say with all the powers in the world to try to fix it. And yet, none of those powers are being exercised in proper ways. Well, I could say that the reason why local governments are not all doing it, even without the national directive, could probably be because certain municipalities or certain cities need it less than others. So we do know COVID cases are on the rise, but they only really are concentrated to specific areas of the country like NCR or the big cities that exist like Cebu, right? I'm not sure how Cebu is dealing with it, honestly. I think they're doing pretty okay relative to us. So basically, NCR is the gold standard of how not to do things. But notice how other cities probably don't need to go to that extent. So that might be an argument for why we should leave it up to the local governments. But totally, I agree with you that there should be a national directive. So I guess the conclusion to this, or at least what I'm getting from this conversation we're having, is that in essence, what do curfew do? They do lots of things, you know? They are effective to some countries. But what do curfew do here? Not much, right? Yeah, <laughs> basically, um, I, I guess like what do curfew do? It depends on how curfew done. Mm, I like that. I like that. So I guess that's it for this little episode of Debatable. Like, yeah, this it's is, very short. Yeah. It's very short because we just wanted to talk about curfews and the way we are affected by it personally. Whoa. Well, I'm not really effective. Um, I'm not going out anytime soon, I feel. But I do know people who are affected by it, which is why I guess this is a relevant topic. If you are personally someone who is affected by curfew in a bad way, like it harms your commuting abilities and harms your ability to work properly, then I'm truly, truly sorry. If you're listening to this while on your commute, that, that's even uh, that's even sadder because <laughs> here, you, here you are commuting and you're listening to us tell you why the curfew you are trying to race against is not all that good. I think a silver lining here might be because a lot of these curfews are done on the local government unit level, you can still petition your um, your local government to change or reconsider um, these policies. Mm. I guess that might be a good way of looking at it. If you are caught in the crossfire and are negatively affected by it, there might still be a remedy here for you. Um, so anyway, I thought that was a pretty good conversation we had. We have okay, just between you and me, okay, and Nina, I'm talking to the listener. Um, 
we actually have so many of these conversations like every single day. Nina and I have these kinds of conversations every single day. It's just that most of them, we forget to hit record. And by the time that we're done with it, we don't want to re-record it because we don't want to fake it anymore. So if you want to listen to a lot of these conversations in real time, those conversations that never make it into episodes, I highly recommend that you guys go to the Debatable Discord, which we're going to be launching in a few days on our anniversary, which is going to be on the 24th of March. Mm -hmm. So that'll be very exciting. Nina and I will be there a lot. Like Nina has already promised that she's going to do her work there. Um, I already have a dedicated room for me to study in. So (laughs) if you drop by and ask me questions like, what are you studying? That's what I'm going to answer. Like, oh, right now I'm reading this. Uh, I'll give you some lectures about the things that I'm reading. Um, And when Nina and I are there together, we can have a lot of these conversations. So there's a lot to gain from um, going to Debatable Discord. We thought about this a lot. We're very excited to release it and launch it. We hope that you guys are too. Yeah, and you get to talk to each other. Like, I know a lot of people who have met each other and have actually bonded over the podcast, which is very sweet. And I feel very flattered to have aided in the development of a friendship. And I'm hoping that the Discord, like, supplies more opportunities for people to interact. Because let's admit it, we are lacking in social engagement right now. Our social batteries are probably drained. We are so weak in communication skills. The only thing we probably know how to do right now is debate and talk to whoever is in the office with us or whoever is our boss, right? And that's not always a good thing. We need to interact with more people and hopefully the Discord server helps you achieve just that. Baby steps. Maybe you don't need to talk about world issues yet. Maybe just talk about it an episode at a time. And that's exactly what we're aiming to do. So that's it for this episode of Debatable. Let us know if you like episodes like this. We'll try to record more of them. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.